Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 118. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this time around, I have a very unique opportunity, a special episode for you guys. Uh, I want to say first, before I get into talking about what we're going to talk about today, I want to say thank you to everybody who gave me some excellent feedback from episode 117 with my good friend and prayer partner, Robert Johnson. And uh, yes, he will be back. And of course, I'm still uh, working some details out with DG and and perhaps uh, may have some news to share with you on that front in the very near future. But today, I am very delighted to let you know that we have a special episode prepared. Uh, Today is an interview. And if some of you who follow more than just the About the Church podcast, you're probably already aware of the situation that's going on as far as Stephanie and I being able to uh, take a journey, another journey for myself and a first time journey for Stephanie to the city of Boston. Now, uh, if you are not aware of this story, you could always head over to podcastanswerman.com and listen to episode number 174, or I would encourage you to head over to gspn.tv slash divine office. And that's all one word, gspn.tv slash divine office, because the ministry of Divine Office is sponsoring and paying all expenses for Stephanie and I to be able to not only go to Boston and to participate in PodCamp Boston 5, but also it's going to give us the opportunity uh, to really focus a lot of attention on bringing all the details for about this event and all the things that we're learning and the people that we're meeting there. It's just going to be an awesome experience and we're going to be bringing a lot of coverage about this event for you guys. And and that's all made possible through the generous support of the ministry known as Divine Office. And today, because of this, I, I wanted to bring Dane Faulkner, uh, who is really, I think, responsible for uh, getting things started in, in a, a particular ministry field about um, bringing the something known as the Liturgy of the Hours to a platform that many of us are very familiar with, which is the iPhone and the iPad. And also on the line today is Greg Pedroza, or Pedroza. And Greg is somebody who knows a great deal about theology and uh, also ha- is able to speak uh, with some passion on this thing known as the Liturgy of the Hour. So just wanted to kind of let you know what this is all about. Um, I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to know about the Liturgy of the Hours because the Liturgy of the Hours is really the focus of of what Divine Office is as a ministry. At least I believe I'm saying that correct. And so without any further ado, before I say anything else that's totally messed up, Dane, <coughs> did I get that correct? Yeah, so far you've gotten everything correct. Very good. All right. um, I'm the producer of the Divine Office, which implies that I take care of the technical aspects. I am a pitch hitter once in a while when you need another voice. Uh, I pray with them. Um, but Greg is the one that got a lot of the ball rolling and from the um, the perspective of loving the Liturgy of the Hours and understanding uh, that it needed a new, how did you say it, a new 
new it's presentation. A new pre- presentation. Very Sounds good. Great. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm 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 delighted to have your sponsorship. I I I, I really am. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, the one thing that I will tell you is that the Liturgy of the Hours, as a non-Catholic, uh, this was not something that I have been approached with uh, time and time again. Now, my co-host DG. Uh, for the my my uh, the gentleman who's been my co-host for so long for the about the church podcast has been talking about praying the hours uh, on a consistent basis. He it's something that he is very much uh, you know participating in and and has an iPhone uh, you know alarm set to where it, you know during certain times of the hours it reminds him to pray the hours and stuff like that. But this is still something that is pretty much still a foreign concept to me, uh, with the exception of the fact that after meeting Dane at the Catholic New Media Celebration and seeing the application that he has to offer and hearing just a little bit about the Liturgy of the Hours, I'm still, it's a very foreign concept to me. So Greg, we've brought you on just to to share with us, what is the Liturgy of the Hours? How would you describe it to somebody who's never heard of this before? I guess the first thing I'd have to ask is that, you know, the awareness or understanding of the word liturgy, which I guess the simplest thing to say there is just public prayer. Uh, and then contrasting with just uh, my private or personal prayer, it's the the common prayer or the prayer that that all of us are praying uh, together or in union. So that's, I guess, the first thing you need to know is just this notion of liturgy or the notion of common prayer. Does that make sense? Yes, I can follow along with that pretty well. Okay, and then the second part of that is just the hours, and so that that connotes the the time the time of day. So um, the you know the biblical um, um, reference would be, you know, to pray always. Jesus invites us to pray always. And so what that looks like over time uh, in the Christian church has turned into, quote unquote, the liturgy of the hours. What are the, what are the hours? When do we pray in common uh, during the day? So that's, that's it. All right. So I'm very, as, as a Christian, I'm very familiar with pray without ceasing and, and that command. And, and I, I've always, uh, you know, been very fluent with understanding of, you know, the idea that God's always with us and that he's yes. always hearing our heart and and that uh, with the gift of the Spirit, the, the Spirit will pray on our behalf. And of course, you know, it, it's very common for me to be in a situation where somebody will say, you know, hey, this is going on in, in my life. And as I'm sitting there having this conversation, I can sit there in my heart and in my mind be, you know, doing a prayer of intercession while I'm having a conversation with somebody. So, right. so I'm very familiar with the concept of pray without ceasing. Uh, this idea of praying, you know, at certain times of the hour, um, it certainly sounds noble, and it's something that is a discipline that has been around for a long time. When, when, as far as you know, when did the when did this become an official t- uh, practice of the church? Yeah, I have to trace it back. You know, its roots back to the Psalms and and Hebrew tradition. Uh, the Psalms you're going to find in the Psalms expressions like uh, "In the morning I offer you my prayer," or "At midnight I will rise and thank you," or "Evening, morning, and at noon I will cry, uh, cry out." So the the Jewish custom that the first Christians would have adopted and observed would have been a marking of of some sort of, again, official or public prayer throughout the day. So you would have to say it's been a part of the Christian church from the, from the start, from the get-go. Um, and it, it, its elements are going to come very much from the, the Jewish liturgy of, of reciting or the chanting of the Psalms, 
which would have comprised uh, the the main point or the main part of a, of the Jewish prayer. They would have read scriptures, which Christians would have called, you know, the Old Testament. Uh, when the Christians adopt the format, they're not going to read not only the Hebrew scriptures, but as the Christian scriptures are compiled and written down and reach some sort of agreement, uh, they begin to appear uh, in the in the hours as well. So from the beginning, you have to say Christians have been observing morning prayer and, and evening prayer, certainly, um, um, basically around the 3rd, the 6th, and the ninth, and the midnight hours. Um Okay. If that if that helps start that. Okay. Well, uh, that that kind of uh, touches on on the next question I have. So let's just say this this liturgy of the hours, pray, the the spiritual discipline of praying the hours. If I were going to do this, I, I look I go to the um, iPad application that I have loaded up here, and it does show me you know there's the morning prayer, and then there's a couple other different various prayers. When when should Christians, if they wanted to, you know, be sure to join together with other people, what are the times of the day that are are prescribed for this? The, the major hours are going to be morning prayer and evening prayer, and literally that that is going to, you know, dep- depends on where you are on the globe. Uh, certainly, some people are bring, obviously praying morning prayer while other people are praying, you know, evening or night prayer. Uh, but d- generally speaking, however you can understand morning, it's it's not necessary to, you know, be within some sort of prescribed time relative to dawn or to sunset. Uh, there's latitude, a lot of latitude. So morning is, you know, when when is morning for you? When is when is evening for you? But those are going to be the, the main hours, uh, morning prayer and evening prayer. And they're as simple as... You know, the optimism of morning. You know, the the praise that that follows that optimism. The 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 hope of of living today in God's grace. And then evening prayer is pretty much the recognition that pretty much made a mess of it again today. <laughs> uh, and uh, the praise to God that God still loves us, loves me anyway. And tomorrow we'll start. We'll start with fresh new praise so, all right i mean it's pretty basic okay so so basically you have the morning prayer you have the evening prayer but then i, I noticed on the the actual ipad application I, i'm uh, there's the uh midday prayer and then there's the night prayer so you, what what would you say about those two different things they're they're a lesser or more of a, a minor uh hour the uh, midday prayer there are possibilities for mid-morning, midday, and mid-afternoon. And so midday prayer can break down into three different parts. Uh, if you can, you know, set your, your friend, you said your friend sets his alarm. Uh, there are some people who have, I guess, enough discipline or uh, um, I don't know what you want to call it to, to be able to pray to mark all of the hours. And there are, there are psalms and short readings and short prayers to mark midday or mid-morning, midday, and mid-afternoon. Uh, as well, there's there are prayers to mark uh, night prayer. Um, they 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 recall. I think in the most beautiful aspect of night prayer is they simply recall death. That you know this is over, and in the way I've prayed today, um, I think night prayer ends with grant me a restful night and a peaceful death. Uh, so it just connects. Um, Again, the whole day and your your whole life in a in a um, in a prayer at night be and again loosely, you know, uh, close to the time of 
of entering into rest or sleep. Well, it kind of, you know, you say that, and that kind of reminds me of that whole childhood prayer, you know, now I lay me down I to lay sleep. lay me down to sleep, yeah. Pray the Lord yeah. my soul to keep. Uh, if I die before I wake, I press the, pray the Lord my soul to take. Yeah. So, so night, night prayer just read, you know, just praise both things that it just, um, you know, brings the day to the close and it keeps you focused on where we're, where we're ultimately, you know, headed. Um, so, so just keeps the focus in the so, right place. So the difference between evening prayer and night prayer, if I had my guess would be like evening is, is more like, okay, it's just after dinner time. That's not like evening be, just before bed. No, no, it's, yeah, and it's a more of a major hour. There are more psalms, uh, the readings are broader. Uh, it, it's repetitive over a four-week cycle, where night prayer is much shorter and is repeated just in a, a weekly cycle rather than a four-week cycle. All right. So there's much more to morning prayer and evening prayer than to those other lesser hours of the day. And, nope. you know, in today's practical terms, many people pray on their morning compute, morning prayer, because they have about 30 minutes, and then on their way home in the evenings, an evening prayer. So that's sort of the, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, with uh, one of the, with with the way modern life is, is configured, um, you know, people have, it, it's hard to pray. It's hard to find the time. It's hard to, to situate it. It's, it's difficult to, to do that. There, things are not structured to be supportive of us. Uh, to do that, and especially if you're doing any kind of common prayer, if you're leading anybody else in that sort of prayer. And so that's been part of the the presentation of the Liturgy Hours, is to make that uh, available to people uh, so that they could they could pray morning prayer and, and, and evening prayer especially. Well, I, I definitely li- love the idea of, of the discipline and, and making prayer part of our our lives. I, I'm going to ask you some questions here in just a moment, but before I leave the hours part of this, I do know that the idea of my friend DG setting his clock and his alarm to go off, I, I know that he had vi- visited and stayed, I think, maybe a week with a monastery that had this um, this routine, this discipline of praying the hours, and they actually marked it out on the clock. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure if like two o'clock in the morning was one of them, and they would wake up in the middle of the night to go and and to they have. usually start about 3 a.m. Uh, with a, it's called, in plainest terms, it's called the Office of Readings, and it's it's focused around a non-biblical as well as a biblical reading of some length uh, that sort of sets the tone for the for the entire day, um, and that's the that's the office that the uh, religious communities, both men and women. Many of them do at the at the those pre-dawn hours. Most of them start around 3 a.m. Wow. So, so they make this a part of their daily routine to wake up at the, in the middle of the evening or the early morning, I guess you would say, the early morning hours, and, yep. and to do that. And, uh, you know, so, so obviously this, this, this takes a lot of discipline. This is, this is something that, it, you know, could mark, you know, a, a life of worship and devotion to God. And, and certainly I can see the appeal there. My question is, 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 is there any kind of possibility that this could turn into some kind of... Um, legalistic thing that we just do out of out of feeling guilty if we don't do something like this i i can't imagine i mean that might be some sort of short-term motivation but i can't imagine that 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 would keep anybody at it uh for very long the psalms the, the psalms so eloquently so succinctly so fully uh express the relationship between god and 
and and humans uh, across the spectrum uh, of of human experience that they've 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 always formed the basis of of prayer uh, in both the Jewish and the Christian tradition, um, Jesus knows the Psalms well enough that he can, you know, recite some some. The, the practice would have been to to say the beginning of a psalm was to to um, um, intone isn't the right word, but to to reference an entire psalm and and. Um, so like I say, they, the Psalms form the basis of prayer, and the, the 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 thing that the Psalms do that I think would get you beyond beyond some sort of legalistic or some sort of, um, in the negative sense, uh, oblige you to prayer is the Psalms take you out of the narcissism that oftentimes prayer falls into, that somehow prayer is just about me. The Psalms make you remember, even if you're in the moment of joy, that there are other people in the... Uh, in the in grief, and there are other people who are in the agony of despair, and there are other people who are in trial. And to pray always is to is to bring all of those prayers to mind, not just what my my moment is, but it 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 asks me. And the Psalms invite you to be, have this awareness of my prayer as well as everybody else's prayer. And when you're you're having a great day and you're there reading, you're praying a lament. <laughs> You, it makes you be aware of the body of Christ. Right. It makes you be aware of the people who are lamenting right now, and you're able to somehow join them, even though that's not your experience right this second. I like uh, that. And so that's the value of the Psalms, and I think that that protects and safeguards from the discipline or the routine of these prayers ever becoming um, uh, uh, some sort of weight or albatross or you know guilt trip to make me want to want me do want want to you know want want to do that okay the next question i have for you is this something in the catholic church that is prescribed by the church that people should participate in uh yes it's you know if by church law quote unquote uh religious so the clerics as well as men and women who belong to a, a religious order uh uh, are supposed to pray the hours uh, since the Vatican II and the and the um, Paul the sixth uh, presentation of the liturgy of the hours. Everybody has been encouraged. You know, technology in the in the end of the twentieth century began to make it possible that everybody could pray the liturgy of the hours. Books were you know easily available in print and affordable. So the invitation began to be you know everybody pray these. DivineOffice.org is ha, has realized that we can literally make this available to people, and people love it. Uh, they completely. We imagined that people would would. This was back in the old days of of um, what are they called, Dane? I iPods that I people think. would would uh, download them and walk the dog or do their workout and simultaneously participate in the the common prayer that's the liturgy of the hours and and it, it we're blessed and amazed because that's what they're doing and we hear back from them all the time uh, that they're not only doing it on their commute but they're doing it all all over the place literally everywhere and always um, and a significant number are non-Catholic we have it's a very ecumenical. <laughs> 
we we wanted to do that too we wanted it's such a beautiful rich amazing resource and there's nothing about it that somehow stamps it romish or somehow says that it's um well, like in the best sense of, of of the notion of Roman Catholic, you know, if we were doing ecclesiology, but there's there's nothing in it. It it's just the tradition of Christian prayer that ties us truly back to our roots, uh, uh, back in the Psalms. And so we have a great ecumenical audience because anybody can enter into it. There's yeah. there's nothing that should limit people from uh, being able to pray this this prayer. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, as, as a as an evangelical Christian myself, you know, obviously I, I've had I, I, I've shared with my audience uh, on multiple occasions that I grew up going to Catholic school for seven years of my life. I, I went to Catholic school in elementary uh, school. And so I attended mass every Friday and I went to the religion classes in my school, you know, all this time while attending very evangelical Protestant churches. Uh, and reading my Bible and stuff like that. So you talk about somebody who's messed up in the head when it comes to faith. Uh, that would be me. Um, but one of the things that I notice in here is that, you know, there's not the Hail Mary that I've ran into or anything that seemingly goes against, you know, my Protestant beliefs that I, that that has jumped out at me. Yeah, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing in there. And I can't, I know this isn't our topic, but the climatic uh, turning point of the of the Hail Mary is uh, Jesus's name. It it really is a Jesus prayer. It's just depending on how it's presented to people and how they hear it. And not all Catholic schools have done a very good job of presenting it. But there there's nothing in this that should be an obstacle uh, for people to pray. There rarely is um, an intercession an intercession because morning prayer and evening prayer have some prescribed intercessions, some things that we're all praying for, and they'll pray for the church, but the church could be as broad as the podcast that you're you're talking about, about the church. Uh, there'll be prayers for vocations to the priesthood. Certainly Roman Catholics are going to understand that that one way, but I think all Christians could understand, quote-unquote, an intercession for prayers to the priesthood. Yeah. Uh, that might be broader than just the, the notion of the Roman Catholic uh, ordained. So there, yeah, there really isn't anything in it that should be an obstacle to any Christian uh, now, praying. Now, one of the things that I, I notice uh, in in the liturgy of the hours here, at, at least through the divine office and and in a lot of the other um, documentation that I've read up on, is that the the language in my in my own perspective, the language seems extremely outdated. Um, and, and when I read the scriptures, I, I like to read the scriptures, uh, reading it from either like the New International Version or I'll read like the New Living Transla- Translation and some of these other various languages to, to kind of get a, you know, a, a better feel and, and to read things in a way that my mind, using language that my mind comprehends a whole lot easier. What do you, what do you have to say about the, the language and, and how it may seem dated to somebody who's not used to reading this stuff? You know, I don't. I don't think the current translations um, would would sound dated. I mean, it's not the, these and these kinds of uh, English. Uh, the the scripture readings are going to be out of the New American Bible. Okay. Uh, so I mean, all of the all of the language should be in 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 very clear. You know, dare I say, American speak uh, at, at this point. Uh, there shouldn't be any any obscure. Um, 
right now the Catholic Church is in the midst of of messing with some of the messing. I shouldn't say messing uh, <laughs> of changing some of the uh, translations for some of the uh, Sunday prayer uh, in an effort to quote unquote keep the English closer to Latin. And some of that is coming out pretty obscure in English, uh, but that's just a problem of translation. But there's nothing in the Liturgy of the Hours uh, certainly that would should be off putting the any any of the scripture readings from the Old or New Testament, any of the presentations of the Psalms, n uh, none of that. Um, there should be as straightforward as as the kind of translations that you're reading. They're mm -hmm. not going to be as in the vernacular in the vernacular as much as some of the oh, what are some of the contemporary translations of the Bible that would change you know words. Uh, you know, it would change some sort of reference to money to 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 go as far as to say dollar, so that right. people actually understand that. But but they're very the New American Bible has got to be as mainstream, you well, know, uh, biblical translation as there can be at well, this point. Let me let me give you an example here. I'm I'm pulling up today, which is uh, Monday, August thirtieth, two thousand ten. I'm looking at the Office of the Readings. What God's mighty Almighty power hath made the word hath is not something that i would ever use in daily language you're looking at a hymn aren't you uh well i'm not sure i i, I just pulled up something here but his gracious mercy is, yeah there, the you're word. looking at a hymn and the hymns are are they're certainly accustomed to the hymns that are are printed there and a lot of those are going to come out of a, a 19th century translation but not all of the hymns are, are going to be presented in that format. The The only time you're going to run into that kind of language is maybe in in some of the, the hymns. And morning prayer and evening prayer always start with some sort of hymn, but not all of the hymns. You could have just as easily pulled up, um, uh, what's the, um, oh, the hymn went right out of my head as I was, as I was saying it. Um, anyway. Amazing uh, Grace I, or... I'm sorry. Amazing Grace or something like that, or yeah, I'm trying to think of the 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 song. A morning is broken. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could have just as easily pulled up, you know, you know, the 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 lyric from "A morning is broken" as as, as anything else. So, and right now we are certainly we're our our effort is to introduce people to the liturgy as it's as it's printed and the hymns are called out. We have a longer goal to to set these, uh, the hymns and some of the musical underscoring maybe to a contemporary sound as well as what maybe people think of as a con uh, customary, you know, church slash organ sound. Um, but our first go around is to just try to to get it out as it as it exists. That that makes a lot of sense. And 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 you know, the more I'm looking through here and and the and stuff, I do see that the it is the hymns that have a lot of the you know the keepeth and the hath and the thighs yeah. and the yeah. and and stuff like that. So so that makes a lot of sense. But I am looking at the actual prayers themselves. They are very contemporary in their language and and stuff like that. So that that answers that question for me. And and of course, you just touched on the next question is is that um, and, and of course, you have to understand or you don't have to understand, but I'll explain that uh, in my mindset, I guess when I it's weird because I'm approaching this as an application, you know, an iPad application. And, and so I'm approaching this from a very consumeristic 
perspective. It's like, you know, it's like, well, this isn't the way, you know, it's like I, I, I can see the, you know, some of the, the way the music is, it's very peaceful. It's, 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 let's say contemplative and, and it, and it helps invoke this feeling of meditation, but there are some of it, some of the things where it's just like, okay, this is just way outdated this isn't this isn't what jesus and his disciples and and everybody else was singing this is something that back in you know the maybe the 15th century christians were singing and and it seems dated in that form but you just answered that 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 maybe in the future you'll you'll look at adding some you know a more contemporary setting in that way and and some of that initially has to do with you know copyright laws and what music is is in the public domain and you know available so that that has contributed to that as yeah. as well and i'll add to that because being on the internet we are under special scrutiny from the international committee on the english liturgy and because of that we have we're tr- first we have to try to use as much music that is in the public domain already and that implies it's going to be the older traditional um, music we are working we are paying royalties paying licenses and um, as our ministry grows, we will have the flexibility to add those kinds of uh, elements because we do want to reach people everywhere um, in a way that feels very contemporary to them, if that's what they choose. Right. And and one of the things that I noticed that, that as I, I listen to this, I, I guess in the Liturgy of the Hours, there's, there's the expectation that you will pray along with out loud. Is is am I understanding that correctly? That it that it you know the intention is for you to join them, not just in your heart, not just in your mind, but but out loud speak along with them. Is that the intention of the liturgy of the hours? There's certainly because of the the antiphons and the way the psalms are presented, there are lots of opportunities for a person to verbally yes participate. But there there isn't a there isn't a have to that says you you know you're not praying the liturgy of the hours if you're not saying these things out loud. Sometimes my day works out that I do morning prayer way. I go through morning email, and it's simply on. Um, I'm I'm aware of it as I'm. As I'm, you know, um, going through morning email, and I don't have a chance to say the uh, the antiphon. So it just depends, sort of, on the circumstances of the person um, listening, and especially on one of, you know, one of the dev- the devices uh, yeah. that makes it possible now. So yes, you're welcome to verbalize any of the, the the part you might verbalize. One of the hopes of the liturgy of the hours is that Christians become fluent that the psalms, because uh, repetition does this, the psalms become part of your heart. They're they're part of you. Uh, you're not just aware of them. Uh, and again, the, the, the possibility of saying, verbalizing those helps that process of, of internalization. But you're not on any, any um, rule to, to verbalize them in order to, quote-unquote, be praying. The one thing, and this is the one piece of feedback that I had provided Dane, is that um, prior to ever hearing of, you know, the the divine office application for the liturgy of the hours, I used to listen to a podcast and 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 download their daily uh, episode from PrayAsYouGo.org, and this was a, I think it was put on by a Jesuit uh, ministry, and they're very, um, I would I would call them the, you know, they they are very. Uh, much um 
they have some of the older style music and stuff like that, but at the same time, they 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 also bring in some of the contemporary. They even bring in people from other cultures who will sing songs in another language, like a tribal African language or something. Like that it's very interesting. But one of the things that they do is, that, and of course, you know, I love the British accent. So they usually have somebody, you know, with a British accent who will read a who will read a prayer, who will read the scripture, who will who will speak for just a moment. But and and what I enjoyed about that personally was it was an opportunity for me to just soak in. And, and of course, one of the things that I would do is, is I, as I was, I would actually listen to it while I'm walking through my neighborhood in the, early in the morning. And I, it, before doing anything else, I would, just, I would just let my mind and soul hear the words that were being spoken. And I would internalize that. And I would think about that. And, and, I, and I found it very meditative. Uh, meditative? Anyway, contem- anyway, you get the idea. I would yeah. meditate on the Contem- words. Yeah, contemplative and meditative. Exactly. So I, w- I, w- I would take it in that way. One of the things that I shared with Dane right off the bat was that there are so many different places where they are giving you multiple voices at the same time, and they're not exactly in sync with one another. And, I, and sometimes that, for me, kind of distracted me a little bit. So I um, and some of what you may have been hearing the morning prayers when we used to have the uh, insert the antiphons between the strophes. The strophes are the stanzas or the paragraphs, as you um, another word for them. And um, so there's and we did find that there were times when the antiphons lent themselves very well to per, to shining a new aspect or the. Um, The antiphons always give a context to the psalms. So the psalms may, the psalms are going to repeat themselves every four weeks, and the antiphons that are said give them a a different sort of context to to hear them. The multiple voices, yes, I think at times the multiple voices, and especially depending on how they're recorded, Mm -hmm. could come to some people as as distracting. We hear from people all the time. They wish that this voice sounded like that and wish that that voice sounded like this. And I love that voice and I hate that voice. <laughs> and I want to say to all those people, yep, yep. Um, uh, you you were saying, Cliff, earlier, the your, your early podcast about hate the church, but, or I guess I would say hate the church and. So in common prayer, yes, there are going to be parts there are going to be parts that are going to resonate with you. There are going to be other parts that are going to be distracting to you. And no two people are going to have exactly the same responses to the whole prayer. And saying that, I also want to say the Liturgy of the Hours isn't intended to be, it's not intended to be the the entirety of one's prayer. Right. I started by saying that it's public. It's the part of the prayer where you join other people in prayer for all of us. And I might throw in today part of my private prayer, and part of it might be, you know, if I'm an extrovert, it may be really contemplative to me to join all these other people. If I'm an introvert, they're driving me nuts. So (laughs) you've got to not have the expectation that the public prayer, the liturgical prayer, is going to feed all, all of a prayer need, and I would always warn that it rarely will, will meet private prayer needs as well as something like pray on the go or other kind of designer kind of uh, prayer which are all wonderful i'm not I, I think they're great but they have a different uh aim than the liturgy or this common prayer has 
Well, one of the things that I, I absolutely love about uh, Divine Office, and especially these applications, because they are made to run on the iPhone and the iPad um, as an application. And, you know, because these devices, most of them now have the ability to sh- send our geolocation. And I know that it's an option. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that you have to do. But I, I obviously said, hey, yeah, it's OK if Divine Office knows my location. But one of the things, one of my favorite features of this is to sit down and pull up. You have this this uh, globe. Yeah. And and Dane, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind explain to us what this globe is and and tell us how this came about. Well, the um, that the prayer is liturgy, meaning that we are to be praying it as our communal, our prayer in common. It was it was just we're trying to find a way to to demonstrate that you really are praying with others. Now we all know that there's there there's so many people praying these these prayers throughout the day that uh, that's one of the reasons that it doesn't matter what time you call morning prayer because somebody else is calling it well maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand people are calling it morning prayer at the very moment, you know, seven minutes after eight. Morning prayer for you is the same as a thousand other people who have started. So but we wanted to make this a little more um, evident to people so they could even find greater comfort in it because there are many people who who pray alone knowing they're praying with others. Well, with this device, we wanted to use the digital medium um, to do the same. So our, so I actually introduced this to the community well ahead of doing it, just looking for ideas. How do we how do we know how do we share the fact that we are here together praying? And um, most of no one had any answers. So the, you know, my inspiration came from the uh, Ocarina apps and things like that that did the musical flutes and things like that. I said, you know what? I can tell they're playing music at the same time. I'm, I've got this device loaded. So uh, we tried to. So we introduced that to our community amidst uh, quite an uproar. They thought it was our digital organ loft and uh, a little too pious of yeah, ourselves. People thought yeah, we were peeking in. Peeking in. Um, and now it has become one of those things where they tend, they have made it a part of their prayer routine. Is is they're going to start morning prayer? They often want to take a peek. How many people? And it's such a small sampling of people that are actually praying. It's just those who have done what you did. It's that um, I'm using one of these devices and I've allowed myself to be the location to say I am participating. So um, that small sampling. If you look at certain times of the day, you'll see that there's can be hundreds and hundreds of people praying or sometimes it gets down to about 200 you know some off hours but who cares but yeah. that's other people yeah. who have the device who have the device yes. and um, but people do love it because they have that sense of community and we're we're we've got a lot of thoughts that um, where we're taking this uh, this device into uh, shoring up that communal feeling you know this whole idea of social networking well there's there's some aspects of that that might be applicable and that's some of the things we're working on. Well, I, I th- go ahead, Greg, go ahead. I say we're looking forward to maybe the, the day where we'll be able to say, correct me here if I've got the wrong okay. terminology day, but you would tweet or somehow announce, I'm going to be praying, you know, midday prayer at 1210 at the city and county building, you know, East Fountain and, you know, join me. And there's groups of people who come out of their office or on their lunch break uh, go over there and there's a group of people who have met for prayer. So that's one of our wild, another one of our wild ideas about maybe how this might be applied it's, or it's used. It's sort of a four-square hybrid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. 
So it's underlined. Well, I, the I, Liturgy of the Hours, the book, Catholics or people who are familiar with the book, it's it's completely off-putting. Um, it it doesn't read from page one to page six hundred at the end or eleven hundred. How many pages in one of the volumes, Dane? Two thousand. Two thousand something in this volume. And and four volumes. There are sections to it, and you have to go to this section and then that section, and then flip back to this section and then over to that section. And most people can hardly read the instructions that it's like an owner's manual to a computer for a lot of people. The the instructions of how to use the book are completely confusing. Um, one of the things that we're excited about the the web page and then the the applications is it just comes all to you. It's just there. Uh, and we cite at the beginning for the people who have the text. Uh, we call them the ribbon placements. Um, we tell people step by step where to put their ribbons if they want to use their books. But if they don't, the text as well as the audio is there, and there's no having to flip pages or turn pages. And the iPad, Dane, that's right. They'll just now just turn pages it, if it, they want. It yeah. look you looks like you can, or you can turn a page if you want to. That's the future when the just so you know the uh, Divine Office, um, the new version just came out on the uh, store again. So. Um, you'll see one that is incredibly iPad friendly. Uh, it still scrolls the text. Okay, still but, scrolls, but it has a it has a feel of a book. Except now that you're on morning prayer, and you'll still scroll to the bottom. But okay. the next version will have page flip. To page flip. Yeah. But the point is, is you don't have to navigate. Um, what are there's one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there's six colored ribbons in a in a yeah. typical text. Uh, that you have to go back and forth through, and and people find that really uh, a, a difficult thing to do. So we're excited, and people have reported to us. You know, I tried 15 years ago to pray that, and it just got frustrating, and I set it aside. And and uh, so that that's exciting to us too. That that's one of the things that the app is doing in the web page. Well, I, I I have heard about the the books and having to to navigate it and stuff like that. I and and so basically, what I understand is that the books also are fairly expensive. Can you speak yeah. to that? Yeah, the, yeah the, about the best price you can get on these books is on Amazon, and uh, people support us by clicking through the links on our website to Amazon. Uh, we get that small fee, but um, on Amazon, you'll find they are priced. I think they start as low as $150, um, and that's a good discount. If you get it at $145, $150, you're getting a deal on that four-volume set. And, of course, that that's where basically you have, I guess, a, a tab for the antiphons that actually go with the scriptures, that go with the psalms, which goes with the hymns. And all yes, of that, that stuff. That, and, that breaks out by the season of the year. Yeah. Is it is it Christmas and the Advent season? Is it the Easter and Lent season? Is it yeah. you know what time of the year? And all those things change, and the book changes, and the prayer changes, and the Psalm changes. Yeah. But but with the application, I get the application, I load it up, and boom, it immediately shows me what a, what all's there for today, and it's yes. all in order. So basically, you've yes. gone through the trouble of finding all of those sections, bringing that all together, and putting it into you know, be, the the various different prayers of the hours for today. Yes. Right. And, so, and, and, and this is not just our app. This Our website, so many people don't have these devices, and our ministry is more is all about bringing people everywhere and anywhere into prayer. So most people pray from our website, and it does the same thing. It puts everything in order, has a little tab for kind of the sequence you'd go through for the day, but uh, essentially it's it's just there. So you click on a tab. For office of readings or morning prayer and uh, click the audio button and if or if you would rather just read along just read 
Exactly. And, and so the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up here is I'm noticing I come to your website and I see August 30th about this week. And, and so there's a little bit here and people can come in and, and click on the uh, what's inventory uh, psalm, then the office of the readings, morning prayer. Those are all different tabs and they can do that each day. And for free, they just come to the website and can pray the hours. Yes. Correct. Yes. And so this is one of the things that I really enjoyed about uh, when I about the sponsorship that I have in and and stuff is is that the idea is that sure there's this great application that people can go buy for their iPhone and for their iPad, but I know that Dane, you said, hey, the important thing we just we want to get the word out, and and the goal here is that everybody pray together. That this is what your guys' heart is. This is. It's not just about making money. This is a ministry, and uh, please explain to people, you, you have the free website, but how is it that your ministry makes money? How do you sustain the ministry to be able to continue to pour the resources in to make this stuff available on a daily basis? You know, so Cliff, you can appreciate this more than anyone because you do this consulting for people uh, about podcasting. That is the That is the essence of the technology we use. We have a studio... We have very nice microphones in here. Um, we have a soundproof room. We're very fortunate that way. It's actually because of my company, SurgeWorks, which is a, is a technology company that allows me the funds and things to get this thing started. So we use. So we do have a lot of expenses. Uh, we have hosting costs. We use. We host just like you do off of Libsyn. We have to use one of the biggest accounts because our, you know, we have. Seven podcasts, if you want to call it, that's five, let's see, one, two, three, four, five per day. And they are, um, and we have just around 24,000 downloads per day. Um, so our bandwidth needs are high. Our storage needs are high. Um, everything about this ministry, and, you know, we have pretty powerful equipment in here, so it, it's expensive. Uh, the way we um, we do receive donations right off the the pay the front page. It's it's wonderful. We do receive uh, when people link through and purchase these liturgy of the hours and various books. Um, we get that little referral from Amazon. But I will say that's a little referral. We use that more for statistics to show um, the publishers, which is Catholic Publishing, Catholic Book Publishing, or something out in New York, that we are friend. You know, essentially that we are friends of the publishers, and um, but. We really rely upon the our apps. These things, our apps offer nothing that can't be found for free either on our website or our podcast, Divine Office. But they offer convenience, and people who purchase them are. We hope they understand that, and at least the way we perceive it is that you are just making a donation to us, and we do want you to pray with whatever device anywhere you are. But that app does support. Our financial needs, and it allows us to do because our development is ex, is quite expensive. Even um, our website looks like it's a regular run of the mill kind of WordPress sites, but it has a it has a, a liturgical calendar underneath it with a very complex tagging system so that everything gets scheduled properly. Um, it allows a couple of people in various parts of the world to do our text entry and to edit, to fix, to tweak all sorts of things. And then, of course, the programming of the uh, devices themselves. Um, we're now building an Android version for Android uh, mobile devices, uh, such as the phone and tablets, and eventually the TVs, the Google TV. So um, all of this is uh, – the, the main funding we get is through the sale of our apps. 
Very good. And and if people want to purchase the applications, uh, I want to just encourage people who are listening to the About the Church podcast to do me a favor. Head over to gspn.tv slash divineoffice. Uh, there's a video over there that explains uh, just how appreciative I am of of the sponsorship that they've given Stephanie and I for the PodCamp Boston trip. And also there will be links there where you can actually go through and click and make a purchase of the uh, iPhone or iP- actually it's a universal application. You buy it once and it's available for both the iPhone and the iPad. Correct. So you buy it once and you've got all future, um, all, you know, whatever platforms derive from the iTunes store, essentially, you know, there'll be Pretty soon there will probably be an ITV, I understand, in September. There's a lot of rumor about that. Yep. Um, it, won't, it won't take us long to make it universal to that platform as well, but you buy it once. And the and the cost is only $14.99, is that correct? Yeah, that's our standard price, yes. Very good. And, and I want to say, I know Dane has, every time that Dane and I have talked, he's like, man, I know that's kind of high compared to the average you know, application. And, and you know what? The the truth is, it is, it, you know, you look out there and it's, it's very easy to find stuff for $4 and 99 cents and, and, and stuff. But when you consider what you're getting here, uh, for $14 and 99 cents, I mean, it, it's literally one tenth the cost of the, the volume set, the books, uh, not only is it, uh, taking all of that information and putting it in order for you every single day, but it also does have the ability to actually listen along or, uh, you know, all the other benefits that go along with this. And really, in essence, it, you could actually see yourself, you know, paying for this application one time for $14.99 just as a donation towards this ministry. And so I I personally appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, it certainly has opened my eyes to the opportunities that exist in, in uh, having a spiritual discipline of prayer, such as the Liturgy of the Hours. That's great. That's what we're hoping for. Yep, exactly. Very good. Well, guys, I really want to uh, say thank you for coming on to the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to to share that we did not cover? You know, um, it's this should be obvious, but one of our taglines has always been, um, really, we're praying for you, so pray with us. And we do want people to just come to our site, see what we're about, tell others, blog about us, please. That's probably one of the best things you can do to spread the news of our ministry. Um, Link to us, blog about us, just help our community grow. Very good. Well, uh, Dane, Greg, thank you both for coming on to the About the Church podcast. And uh, if people want to uh, find out more about it, I encourage them to go to gspn.tv slash divineoffice. And of course, they can always go to divineoffice.org. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thanks, Cliff. All right, everybody, that is going to take care of doing that interview with Dane and Greg. I am very appreciative of them coming out, as I said several times already. But uh, hey, I wanted to give you guys just a little sample of, of what it sounds like from the application. And I'm going here to August 30th of 2010, and I'm just going to play just a little bit of the end of one of the prayers. In fact, I'm going to you don't mind, I think I'm going to play for about three minutes just the conclusion of today's prayer. And this is kind of what it might sound like uh, if you listen to this either from their website over at divineoffice.org or I'm actually playing this off the application itself. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Let us pray. 
Our Savior has made us a nation of priests to offer acceptable sacrifice to the Father. Let us call upon Him in gratitude. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Christ, eternal priest, you conferred the holy priesthood on your people. Grant that we may offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to the Father. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. In your goodness, pour out on us the fruits of your Spirit. Patience, kindness, and gentleness. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we love you and possess you, for you are love. And may every action of our lives praise you. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we seek those things which are beneficial to our brothers, without counting the cost. To help them on the way to salvation. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Almighty Father, you have brought us to the light of a new day. Keep us safe the whole day through from every sinful inclination. May all our thoughts, words, and actions aim at doing what is pleasing in your sight. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Well, my friends, that's what it sounds like. That's just the conclusion of the, I believe that was the evening prayer. Or no, that's the morning prayer for um, Monday, August 30th, 2010. And also wanted to play for you just a sample of what it might sound like. Some of the times they'll put the Psalms or another portion of scripture to uh, song. Uh, so I guess they'll do like a, a chant, if you will, uh, of a particular portion of scripture. And this one right here, the sample that I was given by Dane is Revelation chapter 19 verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to pretty much just end on this right here and uh, just say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the About the Church podcast. Again, if you want to know more about where you can get this application and uh, hear a little bit more about the sponsorship of Divine Office for Stephanie and I to be able to head to Boston, head over to gspn.tv slash Divine Office. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And I will be back soon with another episode of the About the Church podcast. Until then, here I'm going to leave you with one of the uh, scriptures put to song from this uh, divineoffice.org. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Hallelujah. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Alleluia. Alleluia. Salvation, glory, and power to our God. 
Alleluia. His judgments are honest and true. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Alleluia. Alleluia. Sing praise to our God, all you his servants. Alleluia. All who worship him reverently, great and small. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord, our all-powerful God, is King. Alleluia. Let us rejoice, sing praise, and give him glory. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Alleluia. Alleluia. The wedding feast of the Lamb has begun. Alleluia. And his bride is prepared to welcome him. Alleluia, Alleluia. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise God, all you who serve him, both great and small. 